Cincinnati. Yes, welcome to episode three of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. Now it's the Tuesday before Christmas and we're back in the sewing room again to talk all things Bengals and to try to put as much of a positive spin on this end of season tailspin as we can. I, I don't like our chances, to be honest with you. Uh, Nathan's wearing his Santa suit, aren't you, Nathan? You I'm right here in my Santa suit, in, enjoying life and ready to go this week, guys. Thank you for tuning in. And joining us tonight from Manchester is Jamie Rowe. Good evening, Jamie. Good evening, everybody. Um, now, obviously, we've been away for two weeks. It feels like a lifetime. Um, and, you know, nothing much has happened, has it? Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> Look, before we get started, I want to say God, we our very already. own man, Paul Herons, has been out in Cincinnati and he's not going to want to gloat about it. But we've got to ask you, Paul, how was it? It was amazing. Genuinely amazing. It was fantastic. Obviously, the Bengal stuff was all great. Not necessarily the performance against Chicago, <laughs> but everything, you know, uh, what can I say? Managed to get into Saturday practice, which was a real treat. The game experience itself was really great. We went to Bengals line, uh, kind of met Dave Lapham and a few other people, went to Beyond the Stripes and also managed to explore the city. And the city itself is really cool. Yeah. Really, really, genuinely that, really good. That's the thing about Cincinnati, isn't it? You never see it as like a tourist destination. But no. if people are, you know, obviously you want to go and see the Bengals when you're out there. But what is there to see in Cincinnati outside of the Bengals if you are going there as a tourist? Well, there's a... The, Jamie will probably bring Jamie in a minute because he's, he's been too, but um, there's a, a, a district or a neighbourhood called Over the Rhine, which apparently 10 years ago you wouldn't go into because it's just too dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But now it's kind of been gentrified a little bit. There's like loads of really cool bars, really interesting stuff going on. We went to see some live music. A few on the strip Saturday. clubs. Um... <laughs> Well, live music and uh, trust you, Nathan, honestly, trust you. You better be on your best behaviour tonight. We've got an amazing guest. Um, Jamie, you've been to Cincinnati. What what did you make of the town? Well, I mean, it, it depends on um, what kind of week you go. I've always likened it to if someone from America came over to Britain and decided to go on holiday to somewhere like Northampton, um, <laughs> where there's nothing really going on there. There's There's... The, the people are all a bit strange. I hope but... Tim Knowles ain't listening. <laughs> yeah. Tim Knowles is a member of Bengals well, UK I'm, who's I'm, married I'm, to I'm a Bengals. Okay. Uh, since since the people are great. Um, I, I did get taken on the car ride through um, over the Rhine. Right. I'd say probably six, seven years ago, and it was still not gentrified at that point. Yeah, um, it, it was still pretty, um, pretty point and shooting. But no, since he's great, since he's fantastic, um, there's like brilliant arts art scenes and there's um there's chili yes <laughs> that's all I, that's all i live for yeah um well guys this isn't a holiday program this isn't like <laughs> we're going to turn it into a holiday and tourism podcast i, I like week, that you're so. extending our brand as they say in marketing <laughs> aren't you um this is a football podcast believe it or not and we're going to go over the games real quick because something happened on Sunday that I think we should probably talk about. Um, well, Betsy got back to you, did she? No, that's... No. <laughs> we'll save that for later. I Saved forgot, later. don't worry. Um, so I obviously made the 4,500 trip to go and see them get walloped against Chicago. How was that? Shit. How was it? In the, what was the atmosphere like in the Shit. stadium? Was it? No, it was really... I mean, it was a really weird experience because we were obviously extremely pleased to be there. Actually, Paul Brown Stadium is a good stadium. There's yeah, lots it? of stuff going on uh, in the concourses, and that's all great. 
but you know they, it was half full yeah uh, and we didn't really kind of take this in until after the game just being there was almost like I hate to say it but it was almost like the result didn't matter as much as yeah. if you're watching it from afar um, but yeah the, 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 the stadium was half full and then we were playing so badly was it completely flat was it yeah it was very flat um and then by the middle of the fourth quarter, pretty much all Bengals fans had gone, and it was just Chicago, like about a thousand, two thousand, two three thousand Chicago fans. Is this before or after you contemplated uh, streaking on the field? That was. Uh, <laughs> I wish I had now. I think that would have been. <laughs> you might as well have done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that was a terrible loss. Uh, we couldn't get anything going offensively. Chicago. I mean, half our defense was out injured. Chicago had obviously done their homework. And just game planned and executed brilliantly. I think the I think the thing with that game that is so disappointing is that the game against Minnesota that we're going to come on to is on the road against a very good ten and three team that you can accept getting walloped. The Vikings are going to be in the playoff to scale well, they're going to make the playoffs, they've won their division. But they're going to be a threat down the stretch. You're going on, on the road. Obviously the news of Marvin's come out, you get walloped, it's dreadful. The Bears are a terrible football team. They really are a bad team, and we're at home, and we were, the season was still alive. If you beat the Bears, all of a sudden that Minnesota game, yeah, it's still a long shot, but you still the hope is there that you could make that, and we were huge favourites. Like, I think like six, seven-point favourites at home. I was and actually tipping us stashed. to lose that game, only really? because I just saw the defensive yeah. uh, casualties, who you know the guys that weren't playing, and also mm. our weak point, even with a healthy defence, is the run defence, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And they've got, I mean, Tyree... Um, Jordan uh, Howard. Jordan Howard was amazing. Yeah, he and, completely tore And who's that other oh, little quick fella? Terry Cohen. Holy moly. He yeah. was absolutely... Great. That's the sort of one-two punch that you need. Yeah. And they, as I say, they game plan perfectly. They're just like, you know, lots of zone stuff, uh, tearing apart the linebackers. I mean, to be honest, you know, you and me might have played linebacker. The, the thing and, is that we're talking about those running backs and you're saying, you know, they, they were all fantastic, but... They're, they're a terrible offense. They are. I mean, that offense is. You think their number one wide receiver is Kendall Wright, and he caught about fifteen thousand yeah, passes. Yeah, he is like. Day. I mean, Kendall Wright is a number three wide receiver on a good team. Mm. Jamie, what did you make of that game? Um, it was fundamentally awful, depressing, and <laughs> very, very representative of what's gone on this uh, season. The big thing was there was a hangover from the Steelers game. Yeah. Um, both mentally and physically, there, there was, I mean, even last week, we still had four or five players out with injuries from the Steelers game. Um, but it was just uh, an abomination, both offense and defense, it just didn't turn up. I think the interesting thing, I, you know, you have to give the defense a little bit of a pass because of the the injuries. But what I I couldn't. Um, couldn't stand was the way the offense played again just could not apart from one drive where we just you know cut them apart and it was looking great the atmosphere was was building and it was, it was like okay we're seven six up you know yeah, yeah. but then nothing absolutely nothing and you know there weren't that there weren't too many uh injuries on the offense so it's kind of like yeah defense just about but offense no way yeah. No, I think I completely agree with you. And I think the offense, you know, in both games, it was almost like the game never finished against Chicago. That same team was on the field against Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, you know, and I just think you look at that Bengals team and I was, 
you know, I was having a text with a mate of mine the other day about the Bengals and what's changed so much since they were 9-0 and that year and stuff. And you do go through player by player. And, you know, we'll get on to Andy Dalton probably later in this podcast. I know we've got a few questions coming up. But you look at his supporting cast now and you've got the only player of any substance on the line or in any skill position is AJ Green. There is not one player I would even classify as ever so slightly better than average. Not on the line, not... Uh, the tight end position and not in the wide receiver position. There's no one. You've got Green and he's an elite player. Not one wide receiver outside of him is above average. Tyler um, Tyler Croft is not above average and no one on that line is above average. It's as simple as that. Dalton is just playing purely. Bernard's okay. That's it. I mean, it's a real sad state of affairs. It really is, isn't it? And I think uh, Jamie can uh, can uh, chip in on this as well. I think the line has been actually certainly in pass protection and against you know running against Cleveland and uh, and um, and Pittsburgh, they have improved a little bit. And Tyler Croft was has been really good the first half of the season, but everyone just seems to have kind of disappears, uh, has disappeared over these last. Well, as you say, since the Steelers game, it took a lot out of them mentally and physically yeah. again. You know, uh, Jamie, do you think the the line has improved over the past couple of weeks? Not with you know up until the Chicago and Minnesota games, obviously. Well, Andre Smith is out with an injury now, so it must have done. Um, I'm thinking. <laughs> I mean, there was a there was a sack last week, and you could count three, four different Bengals linemen just stood there. Um, whereas Andy Dalton's getting hit from four or five different sides, and Hopkins is stood up. Uh, Smith stood up. Bodine, God knows where Bodine is, um, but it, it, it's awful. The only one worth keeping is Clint Bowling. I think Clint Bowling could possibly move to tackle. Um, he might have to. The rest of them are, are just not good enough and even not anywhere near good enough to be on a roster. You think Clint Bowling not good enough? I think he's a good uh, player. No, Clint Bowling could, pay, uh, could probably play tackle. Um, the rest of them are fine. Uh, sorry, the rest of them are awful. Yeah. Um, but he's fine. He's okay. Okay. I mean, let's. I mean, they let's were, leave that. Let's just leave those games. I mean, it's going to be difficult. The way they're playing, I don't want them to. But the way they're playing, they're not going to win another game this season. Right. Um, they're just difficult to watch as well. And this the sad thing is, I was sat there on Sunday night watching that Vikings game. I've never in my life been less interested in a Bengals game. Mm. I was sat there and I watched it all. I watched until bloody the Vikings were in victory in formation. But like I, to me, there was no entertainment value in that game. The only entertainment value in that game was the first play of the game where Geno Atkins pushed over um, Keenum, got the yeah. sack, and I'm like, oh, we might have turned up today. And that was it. From then on, nothing went our way. It was very sad. It was really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's leave that there. This is supposed to be a happy, joyous... Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Nathan. Um, yeah, we want to... Obviously, we're, we're diehard Bengals fans and we'll support them through thick and thin, but it's, it's, a, it's a rough patch at the moment. Absolutely. Um, now, something happened um, on Sunday, St. Hour morning... I guess it was, or kind of early afternoon, I think it was. Yeah. Um, Adam Schefter tweeted out that uh, Marvin Lewis 
will be leaving the Bengals at the end of this season to pursue other opportunities, quite interestingly. And um, there was a lot of celebration because obviously there's a lot of anti-Marvin sentiment. And certainly the people that I met in Cincinnati, I would say 99% of them kind of wanted Marvin gone with varying degrees of aggression. (laughs) Um, And I know uh, the fan base in the UK is kind of a little bit like that as well. Um, Less so, though. Less, less, I don't, yes, maybe, yeah, I think so. Maybe less. Uh, there's no aggression there. There's no aggression. Um, maybe it's vitriolic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Jamie, let's start with you. What did you make of the news? Were you surprised, first of all, um, that uh, how the news came out? Because it, Schefter, again, and then Ian Rappaport, kind of, they're, both of them aren't known as purveyors of fake news, shall we put, you know what I mean? They mm. are usually on the money but of, anyway but of course Marvin has come out subsequently and kind of said actually that report is a load of rubbish and uh, we've still yet to make a decision so Jamie first what what are you making of of that announcement are you surprised and and how did it make you feel um well firstly 100% I I believe the report and um Ian Rappaport's actually saying I I've been speaking to Marvin and he's been telling me this. Hugh Jackson, when he was asked about it, said that Marvin was leaving. Zimmer seemed to act like he knew. Um, everything kind of points to um, points to the fact that Marvin's leaving. Indeed, his previous uh, press conferences have been non-committal to the point of quitting um, his duties on that. I think the time has run and the time has probably run a quite a few years ago uh, for Marvin to go, but he's been sticking around and, and sticking around on the slimmest of chances. And he's had two bad years in a row. Now he's not installing any particular um, passion in the players. He, he's not um, forcing his way into other teams heads. He's just existing and I think the time's right uh, for him to go. Now, I know there's a lot of respect from the Brown family towards him, and I know there's a lot of respect going back the other way, so it was never going to be that he was going to get uh, fired, but it would have been probably a Tom Coughlin style, oh, we'll let you retire now, we'll, and then he'll come back in two years' time. Mm. Nathan, what about you? How did it uh, sit with you, that, noise, that news? Because it came out... I think we were all expecting it, but it came out probably a lot earlier than we perhaps thought. And by all accounts, it took everyone by surprise within the organisation. I think it's been coming for probably two years, though. Because remember that report came out about how Hugh Jackson and Marvin sat down with Mike Brown and said, look, what do you think about this succession plan? And Mike Brown turned them down. And that, to me, always was a bit of a worry when you're kind of already tipping your hand as to what you want to do in two years. It's like... You know, Marvin's not the youngest guy in the world. He's been there for a long time. And there is that feeling of, and you know, he quoted in his press conference, nothing's forever. This job has to end at some point, And he's right. But for me, it kind of feels like, you know, I'm divorcing my wife. I really like her. But just the sex has gone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like the spark has gone. There's no sex anymore. It's a bit flaccid. It's not happening. Marvin, if you're listening... <laughs> Nathan's got a confession. He's breaking. What? 
I, I can't get this image out of my it? head. I know because it's, I can't get like... this image out of my head now. <laughs> um, it's not me and Marvin, but it feels no, like know, but... that. That's kind of how it feels. Is that you have that relationship, but it's just gone. It's gone a bit dead. It's gone a bit flat. You know, there's the respect is there. I love Marvin. You know, the respect is there for Marvin. I love him. Yeah, but there's no. You spark. just don't want to have sex with him anymore. <laughs> I just don't want to have sex with him anymore. <laughs> Well, I mean, I like Marvin. And he doesn't want to have sex with me either. I think that is oh, it's, it's rejection <laughs> on your part then, Nathan, is it? Is that no, what listen, it is? Look, going back, well, I'm going to be serious. We'll cut that out. But <laughs> We're not getting that out. We are so not If you look at that. Marvin, I'm gonna, I've got pros and cons on Marvin here that I want to run through quickly. You do more than look at Marvin, <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> so you look at Marvin Lewis. We had four seasons in a row with yep. more than 10 wins. Yep. Good. Impressive. We have only, in his tenure of 15 years, lost more than nine games twice. This is Nathan doing homework here. Dear, got, I've got some notes in front of listeners. me here. Like, you look at that and you think, yeah. we're four seasons in a row winning more than 10 games. That's, a, that's a four years of like seriously yeah. entertaining quality football on our TV. Four times AFC North champions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one time coach in of the year. In a division. You know, in a tough yeah. AFC division with absolutely. Pittsburgh and Baltimore, who both won Super Bowls in that period. Yeah. You know, we've only lost nine games twice, so we've only ever been like complete shit twice, mm, mm. where you're not even involved in anything. And I thought, you know, like Paul, well, the other day was invited on to Talk Sport to have a chat with the guys about the whole Marvin Lewis situation. And one of the guys on Talk Sport made a really interesting point that 15 years ago, the Bengals were the Browns of today. Absolutely. And if you gave the Browns a head coach now that could give them that sort of success... You know, where they are winning 10 games, you know, in a row and they're winning, um, you know, they're making the playoffs, they're winning their division. That is, they bite your hand off to just yeah. be relevant, to just not be a laughing stock. Yeah. And Marvin Lewis gave us that. He's a great guy. And I think, honestly, I think the one tough thing is that, <coughs> bless you, Paul. That's all right. Thank you. <laughs> the one tough thing is that those playoff losses were hair, like they were shoestrings. Yeah. Few plays, the ball goes slightly one way, or someone drops a pass. Antonio Brown drops that pass on fourth down against yeah, Pittsburgh. And we, we win. We win that game. It's a completely career-defining moment. If Brown just drops, it takes his eye off the ball for one second. Marvin Lewis is a different. You know, you remember him. That is one of the biggest wins ever for us. You know, and of course, unfortunately, as soon as the news breaks, everyone is Marvin Lewis will be remembered for his zero playoff wins. Yeah, exactly, and that's the. the and I think that's a shame. Yeah, because, it is because yeah, all right. I mean, this is the thing with about the Bengals. We've been a good team, but not a great team. Marvin's been a good coach, but not a great one. Yeah, and when you're sort of in that grey area, when you're neither really bad or really good, yeah, it makes actually doing a critique of the team actually quite difficult because there are good and bad things yeah. about, about about the team and about the coaching staff, you know? I, I totally agree. Well, I mean, when I, sorry, Jamie, I'll bring in a sec. I, I mean, I, 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 I think Marvin is a good coach. Yeah. I don't think he's a great one. He's a good talent evaluator as well. I mean, there's been some good players that he's brought through and, he, you know, he's evaluated. But I'm going to go on to the negative things now. And this is where I think the fans have got a lot of resentment is I think he's extremely out of touch and does himself no favours with the press conference side of things. I agree. I think that rubs people up the wrong way. And I know he wants to be professional and I know he's not a big fan of the media and he doesn't like those tough questions, but the fans pay the tickets, they buy the merchandise. You do want some honesty. You want some straight up, this is what's happening, this is what I think, that wasn't good enough, that was good enough. And sometimes it just feels a little bit too elusive and a little bit too non-committal. And I think... 
especially when things are not going well, you kind of want someone to stand up and go, with shit. It's yeah. disgrace. And you want someone to look pissed off. Absolutely. And sometimes I think he's kind of like dilly-dallying and kind of like, oh, you know, we, we need to limit the turnovers and we need to be better on third down. And I think, every, to be know, fair, every coach kind of does that. Yeah, a lot of I think coaches don't come my, out and say, look, we're terrible. No, I know. but I, I know what so, you mean, though. Mike, Showing a bit of like anger. And Mike and Tomlin of, would come out and if the Steelers are playing like that, he'd be throwing his rocks at John Harbour on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. winning coaches have got a real passion for it and fight for it. And there was someone else the other day, I can't remember who it was, but they were saying, like, Marvin Lewis, 10 years ago, he was, like, on the sidelines. He was calling people out. I think that was uh, our guest last... Oh, I there's, did think that it was, was Rebecca. Lindsay. Oh, it was Rebecca, Rebecca who said yeah. that, yeah. And, yeah, Rebecca last week, she was saying the same thing about how he would have been calling people out, and, mm. and that's just kind of gone a bit flat now. I think he's a very conservative coach, Yeah, actually, and he's sometimes and, uh, too conservative as well. Yeah, and I his mean, in-game management is been We haven't run a fake punt or a fake kick in about three or four years, no. you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's just a bit too predictable at times. Jamie, you wanted to come in there. Uh, what did you want to say, mate? Well, um, firstly, the... Um, the area of being neither excellent nor terrible and that making things difficult for you, it's something that goes through the entire Bengals team. And we've had a history of not having great success, but not having great failure. Um, our current quarterback is in that area of he's just good enough, um, he's not getting us anywhere. Perhaps we need someone who is willing to take the risk and maybe risk us being really bad right. for uh, <clears throat> make, maybe making the next step. Yeah, I mean, we'll come on to that in a little while because we have had a lot of questions. And thank you so much, by the way, for all the support, all the feedback. It's been fantastic. Uh, so do at us at whoday underscore UK for any questions, any points or opinions you'd like to Air, sorry, a bit of trap wind again. There, sorry, he's bloody been drinking again. <laughs> it gets to this point in the podcast, and it goes nowhere but downhill. Um, and also, any shout outs as well. So, do at us at uh, un, uh, what is it? Uh, who day? I can't even bloody remember. What, what are you drinking in those beers? <laughs> I'm drinking tonight, Nathan. I know this is a popular subject with our listeners. Adnams from Southwold dry hopped lager. I've got a, I've got a piston head custom lager. And a laid-back IPA. You devil, you. And I have a bottle of Jim Beam Maple, which I'm swigging directly oh, from the bottle. <laughs> wow, there we go. Bloody hell. Put us, put Carry us on to, listening. Put us to shame there, Jamie. Bloody <laughs> hell. You're on the hard stuff already. Um, yeah, we've had loads of questions. So, yeah, we're on uh, Twitter at whoday underscore UK, and we're on Facebook, uh, search for Bengals UK. And I, and I said this last week, if you think it's shit or you want us to change anything, tell us. We don't, we're not immune to criticism. If you like something changed or you don't think, you know, let us know. Um, now, um, I don't think I mentioned, actually, I should have given it the big one at the top of the episode, but we do have a special guest this uh, in this episode, um, and uh, I think it's time to bring her in now. Yeah, let's do it. Joining us from the Queen City is co-host of Beyond the Stripes, sideline reporter for Spectrum Sports, FC Cincinnati sideline reporter. It's Lindsay Patterson. Lindsay, are you there? I am here. How are you guys doing? We're really good, thank you. How are you? How are you doing? Not too bad right now. Not too bad in the Queen City. Good, good, good. Now uh, you must be. We're recording this at about what is it? Half past ten on a Tuesday night. 
uh, you're mere like maybe a couple of hours away from tonight's Beyond the Stripes, right? Yeah, we are Beyond the Stripes tonight. I cannot believe that it's our second to last show. And uh, we were going to have Vinny Ray on, linebacker Vinny Ray, but he had an injury on Sunday, kind of busted his mouth open. So that wouldn't have been a good guest for tonight. No, um, so we had Clint Bowling step up, and he's going to be our guest. We'll talk about the offensive line this year and uh, plenty to break down after Sunday's game. Fantastic. Um, now, um, we've sort of glossed over the last two performances because there was a small piece of news that hit on Sunday, and I'm interested <laughs> in your... Uh, perspective because you actually traveled up with a team to Minnesota is that right yeah I was in Minnesota we were actually in the hotel lobby uh, when I look at Twitter we were about to head up to the stadium to see that breaking news um, I know the story has kind of gone a little bit everywhere since then but, uh, but yeah Marvin Lewis news that he plans on going for other opportunities next year out of Cincinnati so I'm curious what happened when that news hit did the players kind of see it around the same sort of time or what was the kind of atmosphere like because I guess that we were maybe expecting something at the end of the season but certainly not may you know with like two three games to go what what was the kind of atmosphere like well, the news breaking out around 10.30 is when the players' buses are at 10, 10.30 when they're going on the bus to the stadium. Um, we didn't get to talk to the players before. Of course, they all have social media. I had a chance to talk to A.J. Green, Carlos Dunlap, Brandon LaFell after the game to kind of hear about, you know, was it a distraction to, to lose by that many points with the Marvin Lewis news breaking out and, and how they heard about it. And, and everyone told me, social media, hey, we're going to talk. We all have social media. You, you see the news, you're going to talk to a teammate, Brandon LaFell told me A.J. Green told him because A.J. Green looked on Twitter, and that's how we found out. Um, of course, Marvin has since said the report isn't true. Um, you know, who knows? But like you said, at the end of the season, that, wouldn't have been, that wasn't going to be surprising news. His contract's going to be up. He wasn't going to be fired, but they were going to part ways because he wouldn't have a contract going into the 2018 season. So that news kind of coming out with still three games to play before Sunday's game was a little surprising. Lindsay, you know, you said um, you spoke with the players after the game. What, what what was the general reaction of them? Did you think was it sort of was it a somber sort of flat atmosphere? Was there was there any form of like go did it feel a bit gossipy? Like how did you gauge the reaction overall of the players? Well, the players, I, I'm going in as a reporter. I'm, I'm thinking Marvin Lewis, Marvin Lewis, Marvin Lewis. Not even thinking, of course, knowing that they just got. They lost by several, several points. Um, but I'm going into the locker room thinking, you know, I got to talk Marvin Lewis. I got to talk Marvin Lewis. These guys are already deflated, bummed out to have back-to-back losses by 26, 27 points. Carlos Dunlap said it best. He says we've worked too hard to, to lose by that many and not even be in a competitive game. And to see that in two weeks in a row from this team and this news breaking out, the last thing they really want to talk about is this Marvin Lewis news. It's all focusing, hey, we're professionals, we're thinking about the game. They're already bummed out. So it wasn't a, a, a fun locker room, let's just say that, going into it. Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm interested where you, I mean, there's, there's, we've had a debate before you came on about Marvin's tenure in uh, Cincinnati. And I think the obvious narrative that a lot of reporters outside of uh, the city are kind of going for is, oh, he's lost seven playoff games. That's the foot. But, you know, he's like, you know, AFC North champion for four times, co- NFL coach of the year. He's made us relevant. He's made, yes, he's he's not quite got us over the hump, but he's done pretty well in Cincinnati. So I, I'm interested in 
in where you stand with Marvin and his, I guess, performance over these last 15 years? Well, I try to mix everything in there, and again, you can hear the national news, but a lot of the players in the locker room, they respect Marvin Lewis. They really like him as a coach, and they're the ones that have to listen to him. They're the ones who play for him. But overall, his overall performance, when you look around the NFL, people joke and call it the not-for-long league, and it's a little surprising. I think um, I wouldn't have been surprised if they would have parted ways after 2015 teams and, and you can even go back to the Carson Palmer you know when he tears his ACL in the playoff game against the Steelers the 05 team and really the 2015 team a decade later say those were two of his best teams sure. and, and I think that would have been probably the best time to part ways with Marvin mm. um last year you know they again they battle injuries and they come back and I can see him coming back for that one year extension but I, I, I would say two years ago was, was Marvin Lewis's time to go. And I, I'm a little surprised he's here two years later. Mm, absolutely. Lindsay, you, you know, you, with Marvin Lewis, I mean, when the report came out initially from Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, they said that they, he was looking to pursue opportunities elsewhere. And in your opinion, does that mean, could that be with the Bengals sort of a, in a front office position? Or do you think that could be a head coaching opportunity elsewhere or even uh, a front office position elsewhere. Like, where, where do you see the future for Marvin Lewis from here? Years ago, I, I felt like he would say, I just want to be a football coach. I just want to be a football coach. Everyone would say, you know, he has an eye for talent. He should really be in the front office. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes either or way. Say he, he was asked yesterday, would you like to come back and be with the Bengals next year and coach? And he said, sure. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they were to move him into a GM position, even though the Bengals do not have that position right now. You know, Kay Blackburn, Mike Brown, they're, they're the GM. They're pretty much the guys and girls who are in control over there. But I wouldn't be surprised if something like that worked out. Or Marvin Lewis just wants to wipe his hands clean and move on to another organization. I know you see the rumors out there where he could go to Cleveland and be the GM and work with Hugh Jackson. We also see the flip-flop other reports of, hey, you could see Hugh Jackson coming back to Cincinnati <laughs> right. and Marvin Lewis being his GM, too. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, Marvin Lewis could probably still land a head coaching job. But I don't know if he would get the roster that he gets in Cincinnati. I've told plenty of people it's a pretty attractive roster. It's not like they're totally rebuilding. You have a lot of guys who are vets on that team. They still have a lot of years left in them. But you want to find someone soon. They, they want to get that playoff win. Look at guys like A.J. Green, Gino Adkins, Carlos Dunlap, who have been on this team for seven years. It's crazy to think, you know, they haven't had that playoff win with all the talent they have on the roster. So they're getting there. Absolutely. And is it... It's going to be weird, isn't it, when Marvin... I mean, he will go eventually, and I, I'm, I'm kind of fairly convinced that he's he wanted to leave it till the end of the season for this news to break out. Um, but mm. but it's going to be weird, isn't it? Because we're so used to, to Marvin in press conferences, and you, you've had, obviously, kind of... Uh, kind of up close and personal contact with Marvin you've, you've interviewed him and be on the stripes you're there at the press conferences it must it's going to be weird for you guys as well right no um I think for me personally the coaching changes happen all the time yes he has been the only coach since I've covered this team for five years that we have talked to in interviews and press conference but I look around the league it's just I think it might be time for, for both parties, and I think the Bengals kind of agreed to that without giving him that extension going into this season, seeing how the season is playing out. Again, in two weeks, we'll find out what's going to happen with this organization if he plans to move in another position or go to another team. Um, it'll, it'll be a little strange, but I think for the players, that would be the, the hardest part. 
Lindsay, personally, I mean, you know, just uh, really quickly, I mean, you see Marvin a lot and we, we get the impression from seeing Marvin in his conferences and from seeing a little bit on the inside in Hard Knocks that he comes across as a genuinely nice guy and, you know, I know he does a lot in the community with his charity and stuff like that and when you speak to him, is he as good as that? Is he a great guy? Are you going to miss him or, you know, how, how do you, how's your relationship with him? been pretty fine. Uh, Marvin sometimes picks and chooses when he wants to be a little more open <laughs> with us in his press conferences, but when he is, and, and I will compare it to Bill Belichick, no, not coaching styles. I know people will freak out if I do that, <laughs> but as far as when he opens up, Bill Belichick will have those one to two different press conferences a year where he just opens up about the game, um, about the season and where the team is. And Marvin actually did that last week, and I said that. I said, feel how you want about Marvin Lewis, him talking about his future in this press conference. It's pretty open. And he, he said, hey, I, I realize it's not forever. We all get into this. We realize it's not forever. Talked a little bit about his relationship with Mike Zimmer and getting to talk to him a little bit. And, and he admitted losing means we have to work harder. We're, we're together more. And, and he detests it. He detests losing. It's really hard and difficult for him. And and, and I think, you know, fans, I, I want to say this, and, and it's hard to speak for all of them, would have liked to see Marvin at least get that one playoff win because he did, realistically. I mean, I, I was going to be with my dad before Marvin Lewis was the coach and I would be I'd be losing by 30 or 40 points and I'd be ready to go home but he didn't change this organization around and he does deserve credit for that yeah. but again there's a lot of players who are in their prime and, and bets on the team who they want to see a playoff one too and, and I'm not speaking for them but just in general sometimes maybe you need a new voice absolutely now Lindsay I have to ask um you because um you're always on Twitter at really odd times of the day, at least you were. And I have to ask you, you seem like the hardest working woman in Cincinnati. <laughs> what are your gigs at the moment and why were you on it? Like, did you ever sleep um, kind of like about a year or so ago? Um, you work so many different things. Uh, and obviously the FC Cincinnati stuff is really kicking, well, forgive the pun, uh, kicking off at the moment. Um, what, yeah, how do you do it? I think is the question that I wanted to ask you. Well, that that's too kind. Um, I, I, I'll always say I don't think I am the hardest working person, hard, working woman in Cincinnati. I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of other people who do more important jobs than mine. Um, but I will tell you, I enjoy my jobs. I really do. Uh, like I said, I grew up with that was in my team when I was a kid. My parents still have season tickets, so they all go to the games. A little family reunion when I see them in the parking garage on my way up to the game. But um, I, I enjoy beyond the stripes. We've done over 80 shows. Uh, five years ago, and Shauna, I hope we're back next year doing the same thing. That's a lot of fun. FC Cincinnati, um, we could find out that MLS news if this interview plays tomorrow. Or yes, early fingers tonight. crossed. So we're, we're kind of waiting on pins and needles to hear if they're going to be one of the expansion teams, and I love being a sideline reporter. It's one of the gigs I've always wanted to be with since I was a little girl. So it's a little different doing the soccer side of things, but getting to work with two of um, two of the two of my favorite organizations in Cincinnati, I can't complain too much. So I'm one of those people who who likes chaos. Just give me more work, <laughs> give me more work. But I'll figure it out. And uh, so far, I've enjoyed it. And I've seen you firsthand uh, working beyond the stripes last week. That was a real pleasure uh, to see you in action in the Holy Grail. You know that was amazing to see. Um, what does Lindsay Patterson do for Christmas? What have you got planned for Christmas? Christmas? Well, um, Christmas Eve, I'll be at the Bengals game. Obviously. And, um, <laughs> what a I'll treat. What a treat. My parents' house, and we'll do uh, 
Christmas morning with my brothers and sister-in-laws and nieces and nephew and just kind of going home to see the family. Nothing too big, but uh, they're about an hour north of here towards Columbus. So that's nothing uh, nothing too big, but it'll be nice to just kind of unplug for a little while. Fantastic. Right, Lindsay, we'll let you go. I know you've got a lot to prepare for. Uh, say hi to Stacey and the crew for me. That was a real pleasure to meet those guys last week. Um, and yeah, have a very Merry Christmas and thanks for coming on. It's been great to talk to you. Lindsay, you've been brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. You guys have a Merry Christmas too. Cheers. So there we go. That was Lindsay Patterson. Always great speaking with a special guest. That was quality. Um, obviously, she gave us an insight into kind of what it was like on Sunday uh, to be with the team when the Marvin news broke. So let's just, I mean, we're going to be talking about Marvin, I think, because, as Jamie said, uh, you know, this is going to happen at some point, I would imagine, in the next couple of weeks, actually. So we'll be revisiting this subject. Um do you think, I mean, I just said that, but do you think that's going to be the case? I mean, is he going to, like, fool everybody and just kind of say, ha-ha, actually, I'm staying? I think there's a 20% chance he's still there. I wouldn't rule it out. I, I think it's typical, like, circus Bengals of, like, you hear that report come out, and it's like you said with Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport News. That is, they report anything, and you take it with 99% percentile of certainty. You know, it's done. And for Marvin Lewis to come back and refute that, I, I don't know. I can't believe he stays. I don't think his heart's in it. I don't. I just don't think his heart's in it. That was the thing that a lot of people said in Cincinnati, actually. It wasn't necessarily that he was going to get fired. It was a case of he doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, I completely agree. And Lapham made Dave Lapham made a really good point when I went to see, um, see Bengals Line, the uh, Bengals radio live broadcast thing on a Monday night. They have a player and they have Lapham chatting away. And he said, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if he moves to Arizona. Really? Because, like, his grandson lives in Arizona. I mean, with his parents. He doesn't, like, live in a house on his own in, in, in Arizona. <laughs> but he's... He he's big with the league as well, and they've got like the league place out in Arizona, so he could become like a consultant for them. Now this is obviously Lapham speculating wildly, but I thought that was kind of an interesting yeah. thing. Yeah, isn't he? Doesn't he? Isn't he quite close with Bruce Arians as well? Or am I making that up? I think he. I mean, he's popular within the league. Yeah, a yeah, lot of yeah, coaches, yeah. fellow coaches, really like him. Jamie, what what do you think going forward might be the the case for um um for Marvin? In the next few weeks, are you expecting him to leave? Are you expecting this to happen? Yeah, he'll he'll go, um, and I, I think if he doesn't go, there's going to be a lot of anger. We, we're talking sort of street protests. Um, we're hell. talking. Direct <laughs> That's just action. you, isn't it? It's going to be. Um, he's going <laughs> to go a bit kind of Arab Spring um, <laughs> on on one Paul Brown way um, if Marvin stays. For Marvin himself, I don't see a head coaching opportunity um, in in the foreground for him, unless it's to a really bad team. He may go for a GM role. There's, there's talk of him going to Cleveland, working with Hugh Jackson, if Hugh Jackson somehow manages to survive there. Um, he could work well in Green Bay, which um, they run to a similar kind of model to the... Um, the Marvin era Lewis Beng- sorry, the Marvin Lewis era Bengals, where it's draft and develop, don't sign anyone flashy, um, and he'd be comfortable in that environment. There's a lot of things open to him, but I don't think he's going to be immediately uh, considered as a head coach. 
Well, it's interesting stuff, isn't it? I mean, I do personally, I think James is absolutely right. If he doesn't go now, there'll be a lot of really, really angry people. And I think it's a bit of a circus. I don't think Marvin was expecting that news to come out when it did. I think he was planning to kind of... I was actually quite surprised because he seems like very close with a lot of his players. Mm. And for him, for that news to come out, and him not have, before him telling the players, yeah, that just didn't really seem right to me, yeah. Um, but anyway, we'll we'll be discussing this because we've got lots of questions. Um, so let's go to them, shall we? Um, Alex Costa on Twitter says, thirty uh, second ranked def- oh, sorry, thirty second ranked offense in the entire NFL is the OL still the main issue, or are there others?" Uh, Dalton regressed since his broken thumb versus the Steelers question mark do you reckon it's time for AJ McCarron to be given a shot a lot to get through there so quickly I mean I think for me then I think it's it's scheme it's coordinator it's execution the timings off on the offense everything is just a little off they can't run the ball uh, receivers can't get open Dalton is often running for his life uh there's lots of different little reasons, I think. I I just don't think you can give Andy Dalton a fair rating with the talent he has around him now. I, and I don't think Dalton's been that bad. He, he's made some bad throws and he's not been perfect. But that talent around him, like I was alluding to earlier, is just dreadful. You really do have probably the worst offensive line in the NFL. Giovanni Bernard is not an every down back. like So they don't have anyone at the moment outside of Giovanni Bernard who is an every day back. Every down back. And from a receiving standpoint, like it is criminal that Brandon LaFell's our number two. He mm. really is. I mean, Brandon LaFell's maybe your third, fourth option. He's a veteran. He's a decent guy. You know, he, he has made some good plays this season. But you, you look around the league at teams that are really good and who their number two wide receivers are. And you've got Pittsburgh. You've got Martavius Bryant and Juju Smith-Schuster as two and three. <laughs> like, see, well, we won't talk about him. But <laughs> some serious talent on something like that. And... You know, you go around to other teams and there's some serious players that are their number two. I mean, look at Detroit. You've got Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. Who's the number two in that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's some there's some serious firepower. And I just think we really are missing that because at one point that I want to make about this offense, and this is on my like notes at the back here that I couldn't believe when I looked at it earlier. Tyler Boyd last year, second round pick, and everyone gets all hot and bothered about John Ross. Tyler Boyd was picked early in the second round, and last year he had 600 how many, on my sheet. Let me look at my sheet. He had 608 yards, I think it was, a year ago. Mm. As a rookie, that's great. Yeah, and you expect him to kick Brilliant. on, right? Yeah. I mean, 608 yards in your first year as a second round pick. He looked good in the slot. He was quick. I really liked it. This year, he has, through 14 games, 95 yards. How? When, when we're worse at wide receiver, like, how has that happened? Well, they've not been playing him. Yeah, but, but I mean, how do you not like, and that's where like, you know, everyone gets all like, uh, you know, you hear a lot of people talking positively about James Urban, the wide receivers coach. Mm. How, why? Like, where where is the development in that player? And may, maybe there's off the field mm. issues. I know he had that thing with the car crash and that was all a bit funny, but that, there's players that, you know, have high draft positions that just are not performing and they're not coming on. Jamie, what do you think about the offence? I mean, it was it was a long time um, in Cincinnati where you could look at the offense and go, well, "There's two or three players here that we could do better." I think now it's easier to say which ones you'd keep. 
um, Mixon, Bernard, AJ Green, and Bowling, and the rest of them can be upgraded. Completely agree. And some of them are a bit easier than others, but um, the the talent on offense has has been obliterated. Uh, teams have come in and robbed us of of players that we should have kept mm-hmm. and players that we could have kept. I mean, you look at Rex Burkhead last year. Yeah, so um, true. Rex Burkhead could have been kept. Plen- could have been kept at a very cheap price and without much impact on the rest of the team. And then that's your running back situation done. You don't need to draft mixing. Exactly. You don't use that draft pick. Absolutely. On, an, another, on another position, maybe shore up the O-line because you know that's a problem because you know that Whitworth's going and you know that away he's terrible. Um, we're going to go on segues neatly because we've had quite a few questions about um, the offence. Uh, and specifically Andy Dalton. So the ugly game, um, what do you think the prospects are for next season? In my view, the roster is not as strong as many fans believe. Whatever happens in at the end of the season, I think there's a decent chance the team will win six or fewer games next year, even if we replace Dalton. And then Ian Black on Facebook said, McCarron will never be the answer. Dalton buckles under pressure. pressure. Is it time to move on from them both? Draft a QB and pick up a vet in free agency. The best thing that could have happened for us is that that McCarran trade went through. Because I'm sick, to be honest with you, I'm sick and tired of having McCarran in the discussion. I, 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 from what I've seen of McCarran, I think, and I was there actually, I watched him in one of his starts at the 49ers game live, and he was all right. He was not bad. And it's difficult to completely judge him because he really hasn't had much time. It's like a rookie. You know, he really hasn't had the time to go through it. But... I just think it's a headache that it's constantly a shadow on Dalton of like, he's someone behind him. And I don't think it's like a Garoppolo situation where there's, or a Patrick Mahomes situation where there, there really is a lot of talent. I mean, McCarron fell to, I think it was the fourth or fifth round for a reason. I don't think he has the strongest arm. I think he would probably be exposed. Oh, he's a winner. Definitely a winner. I mean, that Pittsburgh game, he, he did his part. He, he could have won us that game, but I, I just think that if we've got a second round, what are we getting out of the Cleveland? Like a second yeah, and a third like that, or yeah. something like that. Brilliant. Build for next year. I think Dalton is our guy. And I know it's not a popular thing to say, but I think he's slightly above average. Certainly nothing flashy. Certainly not elite. But neither is Joe Flacco and they want a Super Bowl with him. And neither is Alex Smith. And the Chiefs are dangerous. You know, there's a, it's very. You're not going to get a Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers every week. You're not going to. The situation with Alex Smith is very interesting. I think because you mentioned that you mentioned. Come on, Paul. You mentioned that Dalton got this. might not like someone hovering in the background, but with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, I think that's made Alex Smith play better. It's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it, I think all players are different. They get motivated differently. Um, you look at Alex Smith, though. Alex Smith was being benched for Kaepernick in San Francisco. And, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it's really a swings and roundabouts <clears throat> with, like, systems and who your offensive coordinator is. And Absolutely. You know, it's difficult. And I, I think Dalton at the moment is having a real rough time of it with a terrible offensive coordinator and a very lacklustre roster for talent. Yes, I think um, I think we agree with the ugly game. I, I personally think there's a core of maybe four or five players in offence that you can build around. I think Jamie hit the nail on the head with who you'd keep. Yes, I agree with that. Okay, Jamie, I'm coming to you with this one. Duncan, right. 
says, or well, it's more of a discussion point. Pittsburgh behaviour. Discuss. <laughs> Rather or oh, Duncan. Well, where do we start with this one? Um, well, Juju shit shits that needs to be uh, kicked out of the league for another few weeks to reflect on his own behaviour. Um, his behaviour has been detrimental to the league. It's bringing the sport into disrepute. There does need to be something between the Bengals and the Steelers where they get together over the off-season, um, maybe go crack a few drinks together, um, <laughs> get smashed. I thought you were going to say heads together for a second. There. Someone on the beach if he wants. Fontes Perfect can hit one of their receivers in the head if he wants. They get it all out of the way before the season starts so we can start again and it doesn't hang over the games like it has done the last few years. Um I have no idea why the Bengals are in the Steelers' heads, but we are. We're a terrible team, but they're obsessed with us. And really, I, I my, my, my hatred of the Steelers is at an all-time high. And <laughs> I've had some times where I've really been furious at them. Um, I think when they broke Kevin Huber's jaw, that was the previous all-time high. Keith I'm, Rivers. I'm fed up with it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <clears throat> we were having a discussion, weren't we, in our group, Twitter group, and I think our colleague Tim did make a good point. And whether you like it or not, Pittsburgh are winners and they do play on the edge. Sorry, a bit croaky. You carry on talking. I think the thing with the Steelers <laughs> is that they're just, you know, that Juju Smith Schuster thing on the Burfitt thing, that, I think Smith Schuster's the youngest guy in the league, isn't he? He's like 21 or something absurd like that. And it's immaturity on his part. And he, you know what it is? He's playing with a team of winners. And the Bengals are a bit of a joke to him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're not a big threat. They've beaten us twice. And the thing is, Jamie's talking about, you know, we should get together and we should try and iron it out and it's not good for the sport. If you read anywhere, the NFL ratings are struggling and, you know, the entertainment value is a little bit... Ugh. That Bengals-Steelers game was really hard as a Bengals fan to sit through and lose that game but it was fucking entertaining it was fucking entertaining it really was and how, that, how, what, what was it Nathan? it was fucking entertaining I just wanted to get that <laughs> um, but, and so was the playoff loss love it or loathe it it was entertaining bloodbath yeah and you don't like seeing guys get knocked out I'm not condoning that at all and I'm not condoning people making fun of it it was the intensity it. wasn't it absolute bloodbath intensity of like People, you know, just going mad and people on the field. It was like WWE. Isn't it? Nathan's frothing at the mouth <laughs> as he's saying that. Right? Marvin Lewis just texted me back with a good text. <laughs> he said, Why aren't you the like... sex is back on. <laughs> Why aren't you like this with me, Nathan? But no, I agree. I think that whether you love them or hate them, they do play right on the edge and they don't get punished for things that they should get punished. But they're winners and they, they're prepared to kind of tiptoe on that edge and you know I, I hate them and I thought uh, Smith Schuster should I think he should get suspended now because that only does that action I know to them it was only a bit of fun but it kind of mocks the NFL it mocks his suspend yeah. it mocks his fine it mocks injuries it mocks the whole NFL judiciary system it, it's just like the NFL the, doing so much to prevent head injuries yes and you're yeah. making fun of head injuries on the field it kids are watching if you're if your kids a Steelers fan he's seen <coughs> Smith Schuster who, who to be honest is like you know be one of the most exciting rookies this year they're making fun of that and it's funny it mm. is funny like there's a certain element of it like 
a Steelers fan will be laughing at that. It's not completely abhorrent, but it's not a good example to set. No. Um, okay, we've got some shout-outs shout now. Um, actually, first, can you please... This is from Ben Williams. Can you please discuss Nathan Palmer's new haircut, causing a few stirs in North London? Um, obviously, this is not great for radio, talking about someone's haircut, um, but it, it doesn't look too different. No, what happened? The barber chop. I was having a, this geezer. You know, you go to the barbers. I don't want to go on about this too long. And he's a nice guy. And I get talking to him, and I say, "Mate, just take the split ends off." And I've been growing it for four or five months, really growing it out, trying to have the long sort of, you know, nice little look like that. And the geezer just gets his scissors out, and he just keeps chopping. And I, my I, my heart starts getting in my mouth. And he basically took far too much off than he should, and I'm not happy about it. And Ben Williams is a good friend of mine. He knows that's going to wind me the fuck up on this podcast. <laughs> uh, Ross says, give me a shout-out, boys. Who day? Who day to you, Ross? How you doing, Ross? Um, and uh, who else? Uh, and our old friend from Aberdeen, Scott Gibb. Hey, guys. Uh, on the pod, can you give a big Merry Christmas shout-out? From me to all Bengals fans, both sides of the pond, miss you and all our Ws. Scott Gibb is a great guy, and I know he loves a good bet on the football. So, Scott, tweet us your bet for next week, and we'll retweet it. Right, as we mentioned earlier, um, I went to Cincinnati, and I managed to get in amongst it, uh, and I managed to do a little bit of journalism. How exciting. Ooh, like you're uh, rating that hotel. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, right, so this is what I managed to get from Cincinnati. Yes, I'm here with Bengals linebacker Vinny Ray. Vinny, how you doing? Doing great, doing great. Now, you told me a story before your radio broadcast about your time in London about tomatoes. You say tomato, we say tomato, right? Oh. <laughs> what was going on with the tomatoes? So the tomatoes, they, <laughs> I asked for, the, I asked for the, the waitress to take the toma- tomatoes off, and she said, no, she doesn't do that. You know, they don't do that in London, and I did not like that. But apart from the tomato incident, how how was your trip in London? What did you think? I mean, you weren't there, you were in and out, right? It was a quick turnaround. But how did you kind of feel as an experience, as a player, as a person as well? Yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed it out there. Um, I really liked seeing all the people, um, seeing a different, you know, it was a different culture, it's a different country, you know, different continent. My first time outside of the continent, and I really enjoyed being in London. Wow. Okay. So, what was the what was the biggest thing for you that that you saw? Were you surprised to see so many fans in the stadium? I was shocked to see how many fans were at the stadium, and I was also shocked to see how many different uh, jerseys were there. You know, usually you only see two jerseys. There's two teams playing, but it's probably all 32 teams represented. Yeah. And uh, just one last message. I know you've got to get off. One last message for all the Bengals UK fans. One last message this is Vinny Ray here, and I'm here to say. So next, I am here with Bengals radio commentator, Bengals legend, AFC champion, Dave Lapham. Dave, welcome to Bengals UK. Welcome to Cincinnati. I appreciate that. Uh, Great to talk to fans across the pond. 
Now, Dave, you've been associated with this club for like 40 years, right? What? 42, yeah. I beg your pardon. What, what makes you stay with the Bengals? What makes you so... Because we all know you're a super passionate guy. That's why we love you in the UK. What makes you stick around? What, what is it about the Bengals? What is it about the club that makes you stick around? Well, I played for 10 years here, and uh, you know my kids fell in love with, uh, with the city, as did my wife. So I knew I wanted to stay in Cincinnati somehow and had an opportunity to uh, start the broadcast career when I was done playing and been fortunate enough to do that for uh, this is my 32nd season and um, Cincinnati is uh is, is home to my kids. They were both born here. My wife and I are from the New England area, the Boston area originally, but Cincinnati's our home now. And um, it's almost like the high school that you went to, the college that you went to, or, or played on those teams. You're an alum, you want them to do well. Same with the Bengals with me as an alum. Now, when you played in the 70s, could you ever imagine that the Bengals would travel to London to play a football match? I really didn't. I mean, I had no, uh, no inclination that uh, that the league would would get as big and popular as it has. I mean, it is a uh, it's a monster. I mean, it's a 14 billion dollar industry now that they're trying to take to an international level. Uh, never mind national. So uh, the the growth of the league has been astounding. When, uh, when playing in the 70s and into the early 80s, uh, I, I know every one of my teammates are, are absolutely stunned with the growth of the league. And uh, just real quick, um, what kind of experience did you have in London when you went across? Fantastic. I mean, uh, the London fans are very knowledgeable about the game of football, uh, very passionate. And the thing that I liked when we were in that stadium, I think I saw a jersey for every team in the National Football League. So that tells me that uh, that, that England has, uh, in London in particular, has, has really, uh, you know, taken uh, taken a, a supreme interest in what the National Football League is all about to have the fan base. I think that's why the league is so interested in playing as many games as they can in London because there's a very diverse cross-section of fans. Now, just real quick, on this season, very difficult to put your finger on one thing. Well, what, if you were to narrow, to choose one thing that maybe has affected our season this year, what would it be, do you think? Well, I think, uh, you know, there's always the injury factor. They certainly have not uh, played with the football team that they hope to leave training camp with yeah. in terms of being healthy, um, and then and then just inconsistencies, inconsistency of play. You know they've been in a lot of football games, but their their inability to finish in the second half. You know they're averaging uh, you know just five and a half points uh, scored per game in the second half of football games, and that's not going to win for you down the stretch. And you have to learn to finish and close teams out. And just one final thing, Dave. It would be remiss of me to come four and a half thousand miles to Cincinnati not to ask you to give us an oh baby <laughs> oh baby <laughs> <laughs> thank you Dave it's great to talk to you appreciate it thanks for your loyalty and uh, safe travels so there you go I mean it is a Christmas edition uh, it is a bumper Christmas episode we've had Lindsay Patterson Vinnie Ray and now Dave Lappin how cool was that what a lineup right there it's a quality interview Paul uh, thank you for getting that well, it was kind of weird because, as I say, we listen to these things, you know, from afar, and you think they're almost on a pedestal. They're almost unattainable. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, you walk into the bar, and there he is. There he is. And then as soon as you mention that you're from London, he's like, oh, cool. <laughs> um, okay. Listen, talking about, we're talking about the old London accent, and you're going <laughs> out there, and they hear it. Um, you know, I've been getting a few messages, actually, you know, outside of the questions we've been getting. And obviously, you know, week three of Cincinnati, 
And it's been it's been what it's been at least ten days, two weeks since our last episode, mm-hmm. and that's ten days, two weeks that we want to know about your love life and what's been going on. On was it wasn't plenty of fish? What was it you're on? Yeah, give me some. I'm a bit. <laughs> give me some credit. Grinder was it? No grinder. <laughs> that's better. Yeah. That's better. What was it? It was a. Uh, it was one of those older ones, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it right. was. Was it? What was it? Okay, Cupid. <laughs> Anyway, on OKCupid and the lovely Betsy you were messaging. How's yes. that been going? Well, Tell us how We been were going. actually going to meet this week, but it's not going to happen. Oh, so it's no first shit. week of January. But yeah. Uh, we are going to update you in the new year on Betsy. Yes. And I, I want to see a picture of Betsy in the new year to prove she's real. <laughs> okay, then. Now, as I mentioned, this is Christmas and we do have something a little special for you now. Nathan's already cringing. <laughs> But let me put into into context. I'm off, lads. It was nice seeing you. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not. I'm blocking his route. He's not getting out of this. Uh, it is Christmas, and we thought we'd do something a little bit different. It may turn out to be absolutely horrible. Uh, however, let me put this into context. Last year, when the Bengals came over to London, um, I decided it would be a good idea to make a little viral video. I think that's what they call it these days. Uh, of uh, Bengals football chants and um, and Jamie is an absolute whiz at this. He came up with a God, linguist. God save our AJ Green, which I thought was unbelievable, and yeah. I think that will stay with us for for life in a good way. Um, now I asked Jamie to come up with some Christmas carols with Bengals. Uh, kind of language and, and players in there, and he's done us proud again. Unfortunately, uh, because of the sc- James joining us via Skype, so he can't actually sing these uh, carols <laughs> because well, of I'll the Skype what, I, delay. I, you you are going to be singing them, and I'm going to be chiming in very lightly. All right, okay, okay, all right. And I've heard Paul in rehearsals today. I came round earlier. I walk in the front door, and I walk in. The geezer's singing Christmas carols into a microphone, and do you know what? Paul has got a good voice on the old microphone, and he's got an even better caroling voice. Well, I so know you'd be able to I hope you something. all enjoy this because <laughs> he's been practicing today. He's got the lyrics out here on some but stapled I... sheet in front of me, and I'm <laughs> fucking hoping it's worth it. Um, well, again, apologies to Jamie who can't join in because of the Skype delay. It would just sound too weird. But thank you, uh, Jamie, for um, writing these. Some great they lyrics, are, I've got to say. They that. are amazing. So, uh, okay. Ready? Paul, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... Ready? I've not had enough drink to do this, I don't think, but we're going to do it. We'll put the lyrics on Twitter or something so you can join in at home if you want to. It's not what you can join You and your families gathered round, roasting your nuts Wait, this around an open those, fire. This is going to end up on, like, have I got news for you or something, isn't it? Um, I fucking hope not. Right, okay. Let me just get this queued up. Oh, mate. Sorry, everyone. That was amazing, man. All right, it's all right for you, Jamie. You're you're not going to be singing, man. <laughs> I reckon next week on our podcast it'll go like the, the views will just plummet off a cliff. Yeah, you think this is it? This could be our last episode, right? This could be our last. <laughs> it might just, just it, please stay with us. Right, okay, here we go. Ready? Oh, here we go. Little town of Cincy, how still we see the light. As the game days close and everybody knows the seasons come to die. Yet in our team there shineth some talents newly found. 
Will Jackson's here and it's Lawton's here So the future's looking sound Wow, you did one. Amazing. Weren't bad. And you know what, Paul? I'm going to be strictly come dancing voting here. Okay, go on. I'm going to give you... I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you a six, Paul. Okay, it's not I think it was better than average. There, it was a good start. It's, it's, it's a seven from me. It's, it's a, a seven. Seven. From you, it's a seven from Jamie. I like wow. that. Wow, Jamie's the Jamie's the generous Solid judge. Star. I'm the harshest. I I thought you did well there, but I thought there was room for improvement. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. The okay, perfect one. one. This is my favourite. The perfect okay. one. There's no coming back from I this. I know, one. right? Reputation in tatters <laughs> after this. <laughs> God rest ye merry Bengals fans, let nothing you dismay. For once again our Saviour is coming here in May. When the team is bad and we're all mad at the players on the field, There'll always be talent in the draft, in the draft. There'll always be talent in the draft. Wow. Have I done it? Have I done it? That was literally, you'll only get, you'll only get the one edit on that. Uh, We have been trying that song for five (laughs) times so this geezer can get it right. And Paul, I'm going to give you on that, I'm going to give you another six. Because right, I think okay. you, you, I was going to give you a four, but there was a lot of effort on the last two lines. So you I'm going so. to save so. you for a six there. A four? It was solid. Hold on a minute. No, it was getting bad. At the start, oh, really? I was like, bloody hell. But you, right, you okay, brought okay. it back at the end quite well. I like the fact that you're not just letting me completely embarrass myself. <laughs> Mate, I need a job on this podcast. <laughs> right. I, I, when you're gone next week, I need, I need to have a job. <laughs> Right, let's go it's out and play. It's a five from me. Okay, oh, five. Bloody hell. hell. You wrote the thing, bloody hell, Jamie. Right, okay, uh, this is the last one, and this arguably... Oh, shit, I forgot to play Pause. Um Right, this could be the best of the lot. This podcast has gone straight off a cliff tonight. It hasn't, man. This is, this is what they want to hear. <laughs> Thing Dalton last looked out on a decent O-line When Andrew Whitworth was about But now we're stuck with Bodine When they try to run the ball There's no holes to go through Zeitler's gone and it's all gone wrong And there's nothing we can do Bring me flesh and bring me wine So said Vontaze, perfect He's a great big linebacker But his history's not perfect Especially against the Teelers team Where hate is open-ended He only has to look at them And then he gets suspended Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from a sewing room in Kentish Town, London That was Paul the Miracle Hirons tonight And Paul, I'm going to give you that was a good one, right? That was a good one. Oh, I don't know if it was. Oh, God. Come Five. On Five? 
I got to give credit for Paul for singing though. This right. okay. I, I feel like was there ever a time you were in a church choir, Paul? There was a no, few. No. Like, there was a few good like lyrics though. You were bringing okay. up. Well, you know, I, I like to sing in the show. That was good, Jamie. Thank you so much for doing those. That mate. was awesome. Um, oh yeah. We, uh, I'd say for the for the last one, yeah. I'm, I'm giving him a seven. But he brought a tear to my eye. Thank you um, very much. Through through some reason. <laughs> Is that the uh, the Jim Beam? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, are we going to wrap this up because it is uh, we've been going on for far too long. I did say it was going to be a bumper episode for bumper. good or for worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> Possibly for worse. Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, right? I mean, who knows? I mean, there might be some confirmation about Marvin. There might be, you know, and we, we can talk about our own personal opinions about future head coaches yeah. in the next episode. Jamie, what's what's your kind of thoughts for the last two games of the season because I, I think we're probably um we're all going off to family to have christmas next week and we'll probably do one like in the first week of january again maybe yeah let's yeah, see, yeah let's see how we go all right what is it today the 19th yeah we'll have a look we'll see what's going on all right jamie what, what are your last thoughts tonight mate um i just want to i, I want to see um plays that we've not seen thus far actually playing in the team now because of all the injuries on the O-line we're going to see guys like Westerman and Redman maybe uh, coming out there and, and maybe they can do a good job but I, I just want to see what we have from now on I think the season's gone um, and it's all gone wrong it really has isn't it we should end it there but I'm not going to uh, I'm going to wish you a Merry Christmas Jamie thanks for coming on tonight thanks for writing those carols I'm blaming you uh, and you alone for those <laughs> uh, but thanks mate Merry Christmas to you and yours and we'll, we'll talk to you again in the new year no doubt cheers Jamie yeah, Merry Christmas to everyone everyone down there and, and everyone out there in, in, in uh, Bengals land um, it's great being able to, to talk Bengals um, and not be thought a weirdo I totally agree. James, uh, Nathan, what are you saying? Merry Christmas. I'm, I'm really happy what we've done in three episodes of Cincinnati. I thank Even everyone. this one at the end of that? Wow. <laughs> I, I potentially think we might have lost it. If anyone's still listening. Um, yeah, we've brought it a long way. I, I really want to encourage everyone to get involved. You know, send us some stuff in. We're, we're going to be rotating, you know, Bengals fans on the things. If you ever fancy coming on, you know, we, we have a week maybe we get you on uh but seriously guys thank you so much for listening thank you so much for the feedback keep it coming this again i can't overstate this enough this is all about you this is all about bringing bengals fans in the uk together so um thanks a lot and merry christmas and we'll speak to you in the new year and it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the cincinnati bengals organization